Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Just ask the Holy Spirit right now. Come on, no distractions. Speak to me, Holy Spirit. Speak to me today. I ask, Lord God, that you would cause me to hear the word of the Lord without prejudice. Lord, I ask, Lord God, that you would use me, that you would cause me to hear your voice. I ask that I will not speak with eloquency of speech, but in the demonstration of the spirit and in power. And I thank you, Father, for what you're doing on the earth. I thank you for anointing us to hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So last night, 11 o'clock, I'm studying, and I, was, I mean, man, I had the slides going on. I had everything going on, and I mean, it was like good. It was going to be good, you know, and uh, the title of my message was actually uh, on something that the Lord was doing in the house already today, but I started just feeling this shift, and um, I'm, gonna, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, I want to be, I don't know about you, but I want to be led by the Holy Spirit at all times. I don't want to just be led when I'm here at church. I want to be led when I'm at the supermarket. I want to be led when I'm sitting at the couch. I want to, I want to be able to give in to the uh, impulses of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so when you feel that impulse, you're like, oh, man. And so I knew what that was going to be. I'm like, because I'm, I'm such a preparer. Now, I, I flow in the Spirit really good, but I do prepare. <laughs> you know? And that's something about me that I'm, I'm, I'm preparing. There's some people that just come up here and they have like two bullet points and that's their, that's their sermon. You know? But I'm like, I have like eight, nine pages every week. You know? just, I just write, you know. So I just, I, I said, Lord, I just feel this stirring, this, this thing. And, and part of it is, is some of the prophetic things that I'm sensing for our lives. Some of it has to do with what I'm witnessing as well uh, with, uh, in America, with our lives, with our family. And I just feel like this is going to be for us in this community and for the body of Christ. So uh, have some grace with me today if I look down uh, a little bit longer than I usually do because I wrote some things down. And I'm just going to try to flow today. Come on, say flow. I'm just going to flow. Amen. Amen. John chapter 5 is what the Lord changed everything. And I said, man, I just feel a stirring. Now, this is a, this is a, uh, uh, this is a, come on now. <laughs> come on, Darren. This is, this is something that um, is a popular scripture, but I feel like this is something that the Lord wrestled with me, and I went to sleep at two something in the morning, uh, just kind of like, like and so I want to just uh, encourage you to listen and just break out of things, because I think there's, God is going to do something in our lives if we align ourselves with what he's saying. Come on, Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. So John chapter 5, verse 1 through 9. Uh, so by the way, my media team has no clue where I'm going. For the first time in like seven years, they have no scriptures. <laughs> Literally, I said, I, I couldn't send all this. So, so just have mercy and grace with us. So if you're new, this is usually not the case. You're usually going to see some really nice things. and You see some points. There's not going to be any points today. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be points, but not on the screen. There's not going to be. Any, so are you ready? So look at it from this a prophetic standpoint, uh, not just from the text, glory to God. John chapter 5, verse 1 through 9 in the New King James. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to attempt to release what I feel the Lord wants us to release. After this, there was a feast of Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. 
In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed. Listen to this. Waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there, there, who had an infirmity. Listen to this. 38 years. And you think your problem is bad. 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he, listen to this. When Jesus saw him lying there and he knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. This is a foreshadow. This did not catch Jesus by surprise. He actually says he knew he was there for a long time. Now look what he says. I'm going to break it down later if the Lord pieces it together for me. All right? Watch this. He said to him, do you want to be made well? He knew that he was in the condition for a long time, and yet he asked him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him and said, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But when I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and he walked. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, there, this, this is going to go into all these prophetic uh, avenues. But I want to start by saying this before I really dive into the text. Some things that I wrote down. One of the things that causes people to have an early midlife crisis... An early state of depression is the feeling that they have been stuck in the same predicament for a long time. They have been stuck in the same pattern, the same affliction, the same confession, and nothing is happening. The same, uh, the same uh, problem, the same weakness. One of the things that causes people to actually go into depression is when they have tried to do something but has failed and they are stuck. Have any, has anyone here felt like you're stuck? Like you're stuck in a place, watch this, that just a few feet from you, there's things that are happening, the waters are being stirred, people are getting healed when they get in there, and just a few feet in front of you, there's some chance for victory, you're very close to it, but you can't get to it because of a, posi- of a condition that you seem that you can't get out of. And one of the things that is really hard for people to understand is that when you are in a stuck season, it actually brings depression because you see everybody around you getting healed and everybody around you getting a breakthrough and everybody around you getting some stuff that you have been praying for. And you're trying to say to them, God bless you, I'm so happy for you. And you see everybody jump into the waters and get healed. But this man was not in, in, in that position And so you have to be able to realize that some of us have been stuck in the same pattern, stuck in the same predicament, stuck in the same addiction, stuck in the same weakness. And when you're stuck, you begin to get depressed and you begin to hide because 
The Lord looked at Adam, and I found out whenever the Lord asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He just tried to reveal to us the question so that we could give him the answer to the question. And he told Adam, after he sinned, he got stuck. He said, where are you? And I heard the Lord saying this to us and to me and to RCC, like the guy in the pool of Bethesda. He's challenging us today and say, how long have you been in the place where you've been? How long have you been in that place where you're hoping, expecting, you're seeing the stirring and other people, but you yourself are not getting it? You are getting the splashes of church service, but you're not getting really wet. You're getting the splashes of conferences. Come on, somebody. You're getting the splashes of some podcasts, but you're really not diving into the pool of living waters, which is Jesus himself. And so the feeling of being stuck causes a early midlife crisis to some people. Studies actually show that, that even young adults in the ages of 25 in that range are, high, are experiencing more anxiety, more, more depression, and more of a midlife crisis than 50-year-olds are. Why? Because after all of the degrees and after all the studies and after all the things that they have studied for, which is good, they find themselves in a place that they don't know what their calling is, they don't know what their career is, they don't have know who their, their spouse is, and they become in a midlife crisis because they find themselves stuck and they don't know how to get out. And there's something burning inside of them, but they don't know how to get it out. They don't know how to release what is in them. There's something that they're trying to articulate to God, but they're not able to articulate it. There's something that they're trying to do, but they don't know how to do it. And I want to pause and say that's where there's a need for spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers to start rising up in the church. Because spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers need to be able to unstuck people. Not, not listen, not to be that pe- person, but to help unstuck them. Why? Because the man said when Jesus was standing in front of him, and I'm getting way ahead of myself, he said, he said, I have nobody to help me get into the pool. I'm here to tell you, you can't fulfill your destiny by yourself. You need somebody to help you get near the pool. You need some spiritual fathers. You need some disciplers. You can't do this on your own. I found it interesting that Jesus, the the healer, was sitting right in front of him. And he goes, what do you want me to do? He goes, I had nobody to help me. I'll be like, Jesus, you can help me right now. But it's a principle that sometimes we are not being, we are not being moved to, to healing or breakthrough because we are putting other things first in our life other than Jesus. Jesus was standing right in front of the man. And he said, what, 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 what do you want me to do? Instead of saying, could you please heal me? He said, I want other people to try to put me in that pool. And if Jesus could speak at that time, I wish he would have said, don't you see I am the living waters? I am standing right in front of you. Don't you know I am the healer? I'm standing right in front of you. But the reason why you're not getting a breakthrough is although I am right in front of you, you're looking for others to get you what I could only give you. Some of you feel like like Groundhog Day. 
Have you ever seen Groundhog Day? Remember Groundhog Day? He gets up and all of a sudden, you know, he gets up and the same, same thing happened. They say, hi, Bob. You know, they're like, Ugh. and then all of a sudden, after like 20, 30 times, come on, you know the movie, he knew he was in the same old rut. He knew it was going to happen. There was no excitement in his life. There was no progression. There was no growth. Let me pause and say one of the most frustrating people in this room today are the people that are not growing and not progressing. They're not, he was not growing. He was not progressing. He was stuck. He was stuck. And in Groundhog Day, he found himself repeating the same thing. Watch this. Over and over and over again. And you know what began to happen in Groundhog Day? He got depressed because he got stuck. Hmm. Because our spirit was not made to be stuck. Because the Holy Spirit's always hovering. He's always moving. He was hovering in, the, in, the, in Genesis. He was hovering. He was in the book of Acts. He's hovering. He's moving. He's always moving. So that when the nature of the Holy Spirit, which is rivers of what? It didn't say ponds of water. He says rivers. Rivers are always moving. Ponds are stale. You know why people get stuck? Because they become, they stopped moving. They become stale because they stop moving towards the, the things that the Lord wants them to do. Now, now, now watch this. Why, why am I saying this? Because some of you are like Groundhog Day. You wake up, you go to work, eat dinner, go to church, come home. Wake up, go to work, eat dinner, go to church, go home. And all the while, there's a calling sitting inside of you. And all the while, there's a destiny pulling, calling for you. But here's one of the main things that I stood up last night wrestling with, is that this person and a whole bunch of people in this text, a whole bunch of people in this text, the Bible says we're blind, we're paralyzed. Watch this. Waiting. For the moving of the waters. But I'm here to tell you that sometimes that's not a good thing. I know you said amen. But I'm here to tell you that sometimes the people that are emotionally crippled in this room, that are emotionally paralyzed, you can't wait for your breakthrough to come because the Bible sometimes says the violent take it by force. By force. All the while you are waiting for a breakthrough, God is actually wanting you to get up and move towards what God wants you to do. The book of the book of the book of James says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. You have to take that first step. I'm here to tell you, stop. There's no time to wait on God. But God is now waiting on you to take that first step. I have a theory. I can't prove it. But God was watching this man for years attempting to limp and move and, and move towards healing. That one day he got moved and said, I see him attempting to move. Listen, they asked Wayne Gretzky. The, the, thank you, Lord. This is just coming to me. Wayne Gretzky, the great hockey NHL player years ago. How many remember him? He was the all-time leading scorer years ago when you guys were younger and I was younger. And they asked him, how in the world would you able to score so many goals? You know what he said? I'll never forget this interview. He said, the secret to my success is that I don't play where the puck is. I play where the puck is going to be. Somebody better shout here. 
He said, I don't play where the puck is. I anticipate where the puck is going, and I get there before the puck gets there. Sometimes we got to start getting up and moving and start acting like you have it before you have it so that God can release it to you. I want to be a Bible. I want to preach the gospel. Well, then start moving and get equipped. I want to I, I I write a book. Well, then pick up a pen and start moving. I, I want to be able, I need confirmation. No, you don't. You got already put in. You start moving. Get up out of that. Get up, get up, get up. Come on. Get up out of that grave. Start walking. Start moving. Don't stay stuck. The problem with the church is that you're waiting for Jesus to unstuck you. When the Bible says, get up, start moving, and I'll meet you as you move. The lepers were healed as they went. Waiting for the stirring of the waters is not always a good thing, my friends. Some of you, the reason why you haven't done your calling yet is not God's problem. It's because you're waiting on God and God is waiting on you. We're getting all these confirmations to do stuff when God is saying, I already gave you my confirmation. It's in my word. Do you want to be a Bible study? Do you want to be a Bible teacher? Get equipped. Sign up for RCCA. Do you want to, do you have a missions calling? Well, get confirmation and start going. If Stephen would have waited for, for an angel to stir him up, he would never have gone to England. If Shalini and Rady would have waited to be fully mature, because the enemy will always say, well, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. And I agree that there is a time for that. But I'm trying to tell you that in order for you to get unstuck, you have to start the process of moving. You need to stir up your gifts. The pastor can't do it for you. You need to start getting up. You need to sign up for some things that are uncomfortable for you. Listen to me. This is so powerful. This is so powerful. If you're not progressing from glory to glory, there will be a tendency to have this depression, this stuck feeling, waiting for the moving of the waters. Waiting for your calling. Waiting for who you're going to marry. Waiting for your career. But the Bible says that somebody always got there first. And we have to understand the principle of first if we're going to start getting a breakthrough. All right? Because the principle of the first says this. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says that this man says, every time I try to get in there, someone came in first. The Bible says whoever went in first to the pool got healed. There's a principle of first. Watch this. There's a principle that I'm going to try to release to you. If you want to get unstuck, Jesus has to be first in everything you do. Not just on Sunday morning. He has to be first in your marriage. He has to be first in your finances. He has to be first in your speech. Not just on Sunday morning and not just when you're praising God. He has to be first in your private conversations. He has to be your all in all, everything. He says, I am the first and the last. He said, you left your first love. Peter says, we love him because he first loved us. What is taking the place of Jesus being first? Watch this while you're stuck. Now, now here, here, here's what the Lord messed me up with. Because sometimes, oh Lord, this is, this is heavy. Sometimes our own stuckness is our first. And the Lord told me to tell you, 
don't wait for the moving of the waters. You become the movement. <laughs> I'm here to tell you something because I read the scripture and he was, he was messing me up. And the Holy Spirit said, did you notice that he never got in the water? Because the goal was never for him to get in the waters. The goal was him to be saying, oh, my God, there's something stirring. I need to get up out of my, my pain. I need to limp there if I have to. I need to get going because as I go, the Holy Spirit is going to start filling me. As I go, I'm going to get out of this, pre- this depression. As I come to the altar, as I say yes to the call of God, I may not feel anything. But listen, when you're obedient to the voice of the Lord, when you're stuck, that's how you get out of being stuck now watch this the goal was never to get in the waters because Jesus was standing in front of him now listen to this listen to this oh Jesus looked at this man and I'm going all over the place sorry but change and and movement will never come until you're willing to do something uncomfortable. Come on, somebody. Change and movement, I wrote this last night, will never come until you are willing to do something that is uncomfortable. And then Jesus steps in when he sees the man trying. He's moving. He's moving. He's standing up. He's getting out. The great evangel- healing evangelists of the old, uh, old and even Jesus himself, whenever they heal someone, they said, get up, move, get out of here, get up, get up. Don't just stay there. Could you imagine? Not, nowhere in the Bible says, be healed, bye-bye. No, he said, it, sometimes it's get up, and as you get up, he's leaping and praising God. The Bible says that the lame man that was in the 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 the... the the gates, the gates called beautiful in another story. He was lame since birth. The Bible says when Peter and, and, and John, he, they picked up, he picked him up, and then as he got up, strength got in his body. Let me tell you, that this is, the, this is the, the kicker right here. Why would Jesus, oh God, why would Jesus ask a man that he knew was crippled for 38 years why, the Bible says, and Jesus, knowing that he was in that condition a long time, asked him, watch this, listen, this is powerful, do you want to be made well? I'll be like, what do you think, Jesus? <laughs> you, see, you see, I'm already angry, I'm already upset. Been 38 years, God, what do you think? Every time I try to drag myself up into that pool, somebody else gets in there, and I can't even get healed. What do you think? But Jesus did not make a mistake. You know why? Because I realized that when you've been stuck a long time, it becomes part of your identity. It becomes, yes, 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 yes. You may not know it. You may not know it, but you will take upon that depression. You will take upon that cloak. You will take upon that mantle of, of and believe the lie. Because, listen, if you're lazy... For about one month or three months, if you don't get stuck out of that, that three months will be four or five years before you even do anything for God. Some of you have a great calling, but the, but the stuckness has given you an identity. Listen, listen, listen. And sometimes for some people, it is to your advantage to stay stuck. 
Because if you stay stuck, you live in a level of mediocrity where you won't have a certain accountability that others that are free do. Because if you're stuck, you could give the excuse by saying, well, the reason I don't forgive is because he hurt me, so I'm staying stuck. Or the reason I don't go to church is because I have an affliction. And so now everybody says, okay, you're right, you're right, you have an affliction. Or, or the reason why Pastor George should not, sh- I shouldn't be here. I could have gave the excuse, watch this. The reason why Jesus says, do you want to be healed? I know you've been there for 38 years, but do you really want to be healed? Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Because if I really heal you, there's some attitudes that got to change after this. Because if I really heal you, you can't, you've been in this condition for so long that even as Egypt, Israel got out of Egypt, now God had to take Egypt out of Israel. They were so conditioned after 40 years of bondage. They were so conditioned to the ways of the Egyptian that when they actually got free, they still thought like Egypt. They still talked like Egypt. They still acted like Egypt. So, so, so it's not enough for me to heal you. It's this, this is the thing. When I heal you, there's some people you gotta forgive. When I heal you, you gotta, you, When I heal you, you need to start opening the Bible again. When I heal you, you need to stop sitting in this chair and listening to sermons all your life and start doing something for the kingdom. But when you're not healed, it's easy to not have accountability. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not promoting the Beatles when I was younger. I mean, I was like my dad, he had all these oldies in the Beatles. And there's this one song, I think it was Strawberry Fields Forever. He, uh, John Lennon says, living is easy with eyes closed. Misunderstanding, all you see. It's easy to live stuck. It's frustrated to live stuck, but it's easy. You know why? Because if you're not careful, you will take upon the mentality of your stuckness. Listen, and it's sometimes harder to get out. Have you ever seen movies or people that fall into uh, sinking sand or sinking mud? How about people who have uh, an affliction that has caused depression? You know what happens with depression? It gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're not moving. Your depression gets stronger when you wallow. As a matter of fact, the goal of depression is to, is to make you wallow into isolation. Sometimes even if it hurts, you got to start moving towards that thing. Listen, listen. I hear the Lord saying that. Some of you are stuck because of wounds. And so you want trust a church because the other church hurt you and listen i'm still here to tell you that that's being stuck well i don't trust people well god never told you to trust people trust him trust the lord move towards that watch this do you want to be healed because if you do your mind needs to start changing and your heart needs to start changing. Watch this. Now you got to take on responsibility and actually now start moving to be a blessing to others. Watch this. Because maybe for four, five, six years of your life, you've taken on the identity of woe is me, woe is me, minister to me. Listen, but when you start moving and you start ministering to others, let me tell you what happens. The Bible in Proverbs says those who water will also get watered. There's nothing worse than living in stagnant waters. Stagnant waters attract flies. Stagnant waters attract poop. It's dark because there's nothing moving. 
The reason they call the Dead Sea the Dead Sea is because they have a lot of tributaries and streams feeding it, but the Dead Sea is not feeding anything else. It stays dead. Come on, say, say, say dead. We've got to start moving even when we're hurting, and that's when you see the breakthrough. I'm going to say this. If you get anything today, start moving towards the call of God of your life. Start moving towards your destiny. Start moving towards the things that God is having to you because the waters was never the goal. Jesus was the goal. He just wanted you to get, listen, he just wanted you to start moving. Do you remember the four lepers in 2 Kings? That, that thing came to me. Now, they don't know this because they, I didn't give them anything. I did, but I didn't give them this. <laughs> All right? Look at 2 Kings. Are you getting something? I hope you are because I, I don't know half of the stuff that I'm saying right now. But 2 Kings, where did I write that down? Verse 7. 2 Kings, verse 7. Turn there with me. Praise the Lord. Chapter 7. Everybody say, as you turn, I'm not going to wait for the moving of the waters because I will be the moving of the waters. I'm just going to give you. I know this is nowhere in my nose, but I'm going to tell you something. When you start moving and you start getting stirred and you stop getting out of that grave and you decide others will come to your river that God has produced through you because now you become the stirring, not waiting for other people to be stirred. Now you become the stirring for your own, listen, for your own health, for your own freedom, from your own sanity, for your own peace. I talked to you about three weeks ago when David came to Ziklag. He looked at nobody. Nobody was there to correct him. I mean, encourage him so he laid hands figuratively on his own head and the bible says he encouraged himself in the lord david could have been stuck in the pool of bethesda saying everyone wants to kill me i can't believe what's happening to me i did all this for them and he would have been stuck how many of you have been stuck because you got hurt by somebody david had every excuse to say stuck and he looked around and he goes you want to kill me you want to kill me, you want to kill me. But Lord, you are my strength. I'm still going to lead them that want to kill me, and I'm still going to be their shepherd. Come on, somebody. And he moved out of that situation. The word of the Lord for you this morning is start moving. Start moving into healing. Start moving into the gift of God for your life. Don't just be a pew warmer for 20 years of your life. I'm not saying this to be mean. There's something that God wants. It doesn't always have to be behind the pulpit, but there has to be something that you're moving towards. Look, look at 2 Kings. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to prove it to you. 2 Kings chapter 7. Uh, uh, <laughs> 2 Kings. Where is 2 Kings there? See, I usually have all this prepared on my thing, but, but now I have to physically go to the Bible. God forbid. 2 Kings. Chapter 7, verse 3. Now look at this. Everyone look at this with me. These are four lepers. And if you know anything about leprosy, guys, it's a very debilitating disease. Listen, it gets you stuck like no other disease because you are actually impaired to, from moving. You actually can't move. There's a lot of pain when you move. And as a matter of fact, it's a, it's a gross disease because there's pus that collects. And sometimes uh, uh, nerve endings die so much that fingertips fall off. It's been known to have fingers to fall off or part, part of, of certain skin will be open. Why? Because it is a very torturous disease. Now, watch this. This is, everybody say, wow, wow. 
I just heard that phrase, but, it's, but it was from the world, but, it's, but it applies to here. Only people that are 40 and older probably will know this phrase. Move something. That's, move something. Lord. Verse 3. Everybody say, say verse, I'm at verse 3. Now watch this. There were, there were four leprous men, New King James. Everybody say leper. Now I want you to see how the lepers responded to being stuck. Hear me, please. Hear me, please. Don't raise your hand. Do you find yourself stuck about something? You're stuck in the same old predicament, stuck in the same old confession, like me, stuck in the same old pain. I had every right. The voice of stuck, because stuck has a word, a voice. The voice of stuckness always tells me to just stay home and not move and just not do anything. And it causes you to be depressed. Why? Now, this is for my case, and some of it is your case. Because it's easier for me to stay immobile physically. Because when I move, it hurts. Ooh, that's a word. That's a word. When you grow, it hurts. When you move towards maturity, it's, gro- it's going to hurt because that's why it's called growing pains. When you start embracing people that you hated because of the love of God, that hurts. When you start uh, accepting something as, as false from your childhood, it hurts. When you start realizing you believe the lie and now you're t- obtaining the truth, it hurts. When betrayal happens, it hurts. But when you move towards healing, you grow. Do you know the more that I walk... It's like, like inside. But the more I do it, little by little, I push through the pain. And even though I get more pain afterwards, there's blood flowing. There's flowing. Now watch this. There were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, look at this. Remember, four lepers who have every opportunity to stay stuck and stay there. They said, why are we sitting here until we die? Oh, God, if some of you guys could be like these four lepers. They had a dreadful disease. There are four of them. And listen, they could have a pity party. I mean, if anybody has an excuse to have a pity party and talk about all the stuff that's happening to them are these four lepers. And you find themselves looking at each other, and they're starting to realize that if they stay in the same place, it's going to be worse for them. Woo! Look at this. Why are we sitting here till we die? Look at verse 4 with me. If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in that city. Listen. But, but if we and, we, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, there's famine here too. We're going to die here also. Watch this. This is unfortunately where many of, of us in the body of Christ stay. Well, there's no breakthrough. Over there, there's no breakthrough. And over here, there's no breakthrough. I tried going to a healing conference. Nothing happened in that healing conference. Come on, somebody. I tried to go to a prophetic conference, and I was stirred, and I was moving, and I didn't get a word. And you get disappointed. Disappointment makes you stuck. You're stuck. Thank you for that. He's moving. So the leper said, if we go to this city over here, we're going to die because there's famine. But if we stay here, we're going to die. Because we have leprosy. But watch what they said. Now therefore, the leper said, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians, the enemy. If they keep us alive, we shall live. I love this. I laughed at this. If they kill us, we will only die. (laughs) In other words, I'm so tired of being stuck. 
I'm so tired of living this way. We're going to die in a really horrible, horrible way if we do nothing. Our hearts are going to get bitter. Our, our, our teeth are going to fall off. Our nails are going to fall off. We got to do something to move. I can't, listen, how do I do this in 2023 language? I can no longer give the excuse that other churches or other pastors or other leaders hurt me as an excuse not to be involved in my local church anymore. Because that's being stuck. I can no longer have the excuse to say no one says hello to me in my church, so therefore I'm not going to that church anymore. No, stop that. Stop that, that, that immaturity and, stop, and start growing. And listen, you know what the Bible says? If you want to have friends, first show yourself friendly. Now, this is not to beat us up. It's I'm speaking to myself because I find myself stuck sometimes. And sometimes stuck is not even so noticeable. Stuck is sometimes very stealth, and you are hiding behind your gift. Do you know that you could be stuck and hiding behind your gift, which, is mean, which means you're stuck in a relational sense with the Lord, but you're still being used by God. You're not getting any uh, new revelation Come on, you're stuck. Watch this. The lepers said, if they keep us alive, we shall only live. If they kill us, we shall only die. Look at verse 5. And they rose, watch this, at twilight. This is a prophetic message for you. To go to the camp of the enemy. (laughs) And when they, the lepers, came to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, the enemy camp, to their surprise, the enemy was not there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians, the enemy, to hear the noise of chariots, glory to God, and the noise of horses, and the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore, the enemy arose and fled at twilight. And left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one of the tents, watch this, of the enemy, watch this, and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing. And went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent of the enemy. They carried some from there and also hid it. Look at me for a second. I'm about to close. Worship team, could you get up here? <laughs> Listen to this. The lepers decided to unstuck themselves. Now, now listen to this, listen to this. They did not wait for an angel to unstuck them. They did not wait for a man of God to lay their hands and pray for them, although that was good. They did not wait, listen, for the, they did not wait for some, some moving of the waters. They said to each other, we're going to die anyways. We have a debilitated disease. Why don't we go to the enemy's camp and see what happens? They started moving, and they started moving towards the enemy's camp to find out that when they moved, God had already set up a victory for those that decided to move and already, listen, went ahead of them and cleared out the enemy so that they could get the spoils. You know who the first people to get the spoils? We're the lepers, not Israel, not the king of Israel, not the soldiers of Israel. It was the jacked up ones. Come on. It was the messed up ones. It was the ones that nobody wanted. But they said, I am tired of living this way. I'm going to start limping towards my freedom, towards my calling. I'm going to start limping towards Bible study. I'm going to start limping towards the call of God in my life. And they found themselves where the enemy was already defeated and they started eating and drinking and listening. Listen, looting the camp of the enemy. 
What happens when you begin to move is that God begins to clear things out. And I can imagine what their face was. Then when they said, we could have missed all this. We could have missed all this. Oh, glory to God. God is saying, how long have you been waiting for the moving of the waters? How long are you waiting for another confirmation? How long are you in that predicament? Here's the word of the Lord for you. Be the stirring that you want to see. Move towards the Lord. Break out of that shyness. Break out of that fear. And take a step. Take a step forward. It doesn't have to be to Africa. It doesn't have to be to England. It could be just saying yes to the call of God. It could just be saying, you know what? I'm going to open up my house. You know what? I know you don't like this, Lynette, but I want to say it. Lynette, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of that lady right there. I know that she's shy, but I'm going to say it. I've known her for years. She's now stepping in. Whoo, glory to God. For the first time I've seen her in years, she's stepping into an administrative role here. And I'm, I'm sure she was fearful. She, I'm sure she must have said, oh my God, I'm scared. Let me tell you, yes, we're all going to be scared when we first move. When I say move, I'm not talking about just transition to another place. I'm talking about moving towards that, the gift of God that God gave you. And just in a month, she's been coming to our staff meetings and she's been totally revolutionizing our volunteer process. And we're going to have such a great thing. Why? Because she stepped in and started moving. <laughs> Glory to God. She probably said, no, there's nothing I could offer. Oh, yes, there is. You may not be behind this pulpit, but let me tell you, you could have a great hospitality gift or, or administrative gift. And she's taking care of so many things. Come on, say amen. The Lord is calling us to break out of the chains of bondage. God is calling us. You know what the Bible says, I believe in is Isaiah 52. Look at this, look at this. Everybody says, it's my turn. Come on, say, it's my turn. Say, it's my turn to get unstuck. But as I move, God is going to move. Come here, PK. This is how it works. This is how it works. Get over there. Face me. Every time I take a step, you take a step. This is me being stuck. This is you being stuck. Come on. Even though you don't see it, every time I take a step, the Lord is drawing near to God and he'll draw near to you. Lord, I, I, I need some help. Lord, I'm going to get out of this thing. I'm not going to wait for somebody call, to call me. I'm going to start encouraging myself. And I'm going to start realizing that as I move out of the waters, even in my pain, what I don't see and what I don't realize, I'm getting closer to the Lord every time I step. I'm getting closer to my calling every time I step until all of a sudden it's not that hard anymore. It's not that difficult anymore. Why? It's the footprints in the sand. Because now when I get here, even though I see two footprints, it's he that is leading me, not my own strength. When I finally get to that place, he's going to be the breakthrough that I need. But it takes some steps to get there. 
you don't just you don't just get your calling overnight there's some steps you got to take you know what i feel everything that you're stepping towards is preparation for your next season so everything that lynette is, is learning now in the next season that she goes or the next season that they go they're going to be prepared because they've learned something but it takes steps to grow Hebrews, I mean, Isaiah 52, let's turn there, and I'm, I'm going to close because I don't think I have any more scriptures. I just jumble things down. Forgive me for being all over the place today. I feel this is a stirring coming up. I feel that there, the stirring is going to be you moving. Come on. There's going to be a stirring, not from the waters. You're going to cause a stirring. You're going to cause a stirring. Come on, say amen. Isaiah. Isaiah 52, I believe. Lord, help me. Come on, Lord. Yes, Isaiah 52. Are you ready? I want to put, look, look at verse 1 through, through, through 2. Look at New King James. This is for you. Awake! Awake! Put on your strength, O Zion. This is talking to you spiritually. Put on your strength. Notice that the Bible didn't say, I'm going to do it for you. He says, you put on your strength. Listen to this. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, in the holy city. Watch this. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Are you ready for this? Everybody say it with me. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise. Woo. Wait, 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 wait. I was expecting more hand claps than that. Shake yourself. From the dust, arise. Where is the Lord in this? Where is the angel in this? Where is the, 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 the hand of the Lord, the prophet, saying, come? He says, no, it's time for you to shake yourself. There's, all, there's been dust all over you of the enemy. You're carrying this dust on you. You're carrying this weight on you. And you don't even know it, but you're stuck. But when there's dust on you, if there's dust on you, the way to get it is to shake it off. And all of a sudden, that dust will begin to shake off. And the Bible says, and you will arise. Keep going. Watch this. When you shake, when you make a decision, enough is enough. I'm going to head towards Jesus. Listen, take baby steps. You're not going to get there today, maybe. You're not going to get there tomorrow. But begin to walk. Come on. Begin to say yes. Begin to prepare. Begin to look. Shake yourself. Sit down on Jerusalem. Watch this. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck. O captive daughters of Zion. For thus says the Lord, you have sold yourself for nothing, and you shall redeem without money. For thus says the Lord, my people went down first into Egypt, then the Assyrians oppressed them. I'm just going to stop right there. The Lord wants you to move. Everyone stand up right now. Come on. I want, there's going to be a stirring, but the stirring is not going to be coming from an angel. It's going to be you taking that first step. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.